Hello and welcome to Soul Intent Podcast, the show that's for us, by us. Uh, I'm Joella Noble. This is my amazing co-host Coco Mel and we are joined today by the very lovely and talented Jess Lawrence. And Jess is here today to share her opinion about what's happening in the world right now and specifically how it's impacting the creative industry. So join us for our chat as we discuss a few important topics we've come across this week. Uh, we've got our favorite segment called Cusser Crep, also known as CAC. And also we're gonna shout out a few inspiring individuals in this week's episode. So let's go. Thanks for having me guys. Thanks oh, so much. Thank you for said, joining us. So, so geek to said, kick things off with you as a guest numero one. One of many, though, but yeah, we thought you were just perfect. I feel like you just encapsulate so many of us during this time during black female you know with your ties to obviously your social media stuff that you do personally mm -hmm. and for work as well and, and mm. we love you so frankly and you're you're, you're, a boss, you're a boss black female so we stand united all we all are exactly as we all are thank you thank you so much yeah i'm looking forward to getting into some some good topics so first up, we're talking about brands and platforms over the few the last few weeks, taking accountability or not mm -hmm. for, you know, for their support um, or not supporting the black community. How are we feeling about that? Like, are we feeling like they're doing it just because it's the current thing on social media? Um, Jess, I'll start with you. I think undoubtedly people are jumping on the bandwagon now because of this whole accountability thing um social media people calling people out with these hashtag challenges with actually putting the pressure on the brands to kind of really really look into themselves and then have to sort of claim it outwards um i think it's a very unique position that we're in right now with social media because everyone sort of has the tools at their fingertips just to be that activist and be the person that does call out the brand. So I think it could be the thing that really stands this movement, particularly in 2020, out from the rest. I I know we kind of sort of have been touching on, everyone's sort of been touching on the sort of morality behind it. Like, is it a good thing that people are only doing it because they're getting called out? Um, I have mixed feelings about that, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have said, oh, like they're doing it for the wrong reasons. I don't want their support. I don't want them to be doing all that for the absolute wrong reasons and not actually because they care about the elevation and the amplification of black voices. But now it's got to such a dire time, like it's in 2020 and we're still having to fight for this. Mm. I'm like, I don't really care now. As long as it happens, it happens. I just we want- any We can get any way we can get it almost. Exactly. Like we, we can use social media for our benefit. We can get these conversations happening. We can call out these brands. We can kind of work on the toxic behavior they have and actually cause some change, even if they don't feel it in their DNA. Do you know what I mean? I agree with you. I think a year ago, I would have been like, ah, I don't, I don't want your support if you don't truly mean it. I guess if they're just jumping on it just because right now it's a trend, then that will be quite evident in terms mm. of their future action. So I'm really just waiting to see what's really gonna happen. You know, there's a difference between a fad and a trend, right? A fad is something that just comes and goes super, super quickly. We don't want that for this movement. A trend is a change in direction. Yeah. So I'm actually okay 
with this Black Lives Matter movement and you know this heightened knowledge of the things that we've been through and where we want to go, that being a trend because that means that a change is coming. You know, yeah. so if it is a, a thing where they're doing it because now they're getting exposed, that's fine with me. I don't know if you guys saw this on social media, but Uncle Ben's and Aunt Jemima. Jemima. Thank you. I've got them downstairs as well. <laughs> don't we all? Yeah. Don't we all have them downstairs? Like gr me growing up in Brooklyn, it was a thing where, ah, oh, let's we're gonna we're going to buy Uncle Ben's because there's a black man on front yeah. of Uncle Ben's. We're gonna buy Aunt Jemima because it's a black woman in front without really understanding the history behind it. Yeah. So after doing a little bit of research about that as well. I realized, oh, okay, so the people behind these brands they're don't actually look, they're they're they don't look like the faces in front, but they're selling this stuff to us. And also, even the, the titles, Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima, to us more so. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's cultural. The black experience yet again. A hundred percent. But it was also, back in the day, was used by white Southerners to address older black men and women because they refuse to call them Mr. and Mrs. Or their names, like, at that, yeah. It's wild. So now they're changing their imagery, um, which yeah. they should, but that still doesn't take away from them. Most probably, I mean, how could they not be aware of the history of their own brand and why they have these black faces on their brand. It's something they really should have changed a long time ago. And now I'm not gonna be buying Uncle yeah. Ben's or Aunt Jemima's. I'm gonna have to make my pancakes from scratch now, guys. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, well, that, we start a pancake business, guys. We just do it. I love a pancake. Let's do it. But what about Aunt not being devil's advocate, but what about Aunt Bessie? Because Aunt Bessie's not, yeah. Aunt Bessie's not black. She's a, she's a white woman doing her little cake mix so i'm just saying like i get it but then also if you don't want to buy uncle ben's or aunt jemima then you probably shouldn't buy super mole or duns river ever again and brands like that because they're also headed up by non-minority like middle class white people in their 40s like all the companies yeah. that we love and that kind of i suppose encapsulate our culture aren't even at, at our hands uh, even aren't even, yeah uh, under our control or at our hands at our command we we don't really have much to facilitate we just buy keep them in business and then they can keep churning out all the products that we love but at what cost i think it's very interesting that we're like everyone is focusing on say yeah the logo the picture but i'd actually really like to know about their internal culture inside these businesses as well i think that would be even more telling um and again with what we were saying about um like choosing now to do it like black people have been shouting about this for so long i almost find it quite patronizing that it takes a movement in 2020 for people to actually retract what they've been doing um mm. i've actually tried to stop thinking like that because otherwise like we just can't enjoy anything anymore so from now on what i'm kind of thinking is okay right we've learned now this is unacceptable everyone knows there's no excuse what are you going to do now they're jumping on the bandwagon now simply out of the pure fact of fear they're fearful that we're going to cancel them they're going to be you know cancelled culture is forever a thing still nowadays they're scared that we're going to boycott them we're not going to be shopping with them anymore i think they're scared of the retaliation that we're going to have towards these brands so they're putting out mm -hmm. these statements now and they're doing these pledges and these donations and stuff but 
I said, where's the long, like the longevity of it? Do you know I mean it's all good for doing it in the moment? But when you know George Floyd just becomes a distant memory months from now, unfortunately, are you still gonna have the same energy? Do you know I mean the education you're doing, the books you're reading, you can be reading them in ten months' time, a year's time? Do you mean like how are things gonna keep circulating? So I think they feel the pressure simply because I think now they maybe feel like they have a knee knee on their neck metaphorically, and they have mm. to do it for the simple fact of shit. We not we not I can't breathe. Or we can't breathe. It's shit. We can't survive. We can't make money. Do you mean we can't have a future in our industry if we don't do X, Y, and Z? So it is to a good degree for me personally performative. But as mm. you said, Jess, like sometimes at this stage, we'll take whatever we can get if it means like long term, like permanent change. Then like let's take it. Yeah, and I do I do trust people, and I do trust like us within this movement and really pushing it will not forget about it so if these brands don't um keep up with this and kind of make these long-lasting changes then we're just going to call it out and keep going till they do all i can hope now is that in these times businesses employ the right people they actually have the conversations they do training with their staff and educate themselves so that this becomes so ingrained in their work culture that there is no going back i think just to donate some money and like do these social media posts that's flippant but if you're actually behind the scenes investing in black and brown people to come into your workplace and actually I don't want to use the word diversify but I'm going to say it here like diversify your workplace to have representation that actually people can say that's not okay for me that's not okay for me how can we navigate this mm-hmm. those changes won't happen unless those people are there so I'm just hoping that public pressure equates to hiring firing and all that good stuff that comes from that, to be honest. It's the only way you can speak for people is by having someone who looks like those people at the table. Yeah, fine. And not just one. <laughs> not just one. Yeah, 100%. One person, one black person can't speak for the whole of black people. You know, we all have different experiences as well. And I think we're at a real unique time right now with the COVID stuff and where we have to isolate and quarantine and all of that, where we have no choice but to pay attention to this yeah. stuff. And I think that's why this particular movement with George Floyd, I think that's why it's taken off, how it's taken off. And I mean, it's weird to say, but I'm grateful for the time that we've had to really do do research on who owns these brands, yeah. really come together and work out, like, how do we move forward? And I, I agree with you, Jess, that... You know, I trust that there are people such as ourselves who are going to continue to push this movement forward and and keep our knees on the necks of those <laughs> oppressors. Metaphorically for now, but soon to be physically if they don't. <laughs> the anger I've got is, is ridiculous. I know, like, it's I'm, so real. Like, <laughs> it's so real. So how do we want to see the change, like, you know, moving forward? For me personally, it's about remaining present, remaining aware, understanding that this thing isn't just going to change overnight or even within a few months. This is in, this is a system that really is designed to, to keep us down and to, to make it harder for us to do better in life, quite frankly. So there's so many different aspects of racism that we need to uncover and battle with but it starts with education exactly and i think that's why all this movement to actually get this like colonization and all these things actually 
taught in schools will be a really really good step for the next generation um Grayson Perry um I don't know if you guys know him but he yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so basically he said about gender but I think it's quite transferable here that it takes like 10 years in culture for something to change and I think now this movement if it has the which obviously it will because we will fight for it in 10 years time will be a real test to see like what the kids growing up are taught and the qualities that they embody that they're taught in school and society like we really now have the power to change that and we should um I also think I don't know about you guys but a lot of people have kind of said to me especially a lot of white people have said that they actually had no idea that this was so bad um, I think racism has taken a completely new form that people haven't realised. It's no longer being shouted out on the street or unfortunately like some of the brutality that we see, we do see. It's not so widespread as it say used to be maybe 60, 70 years ago, but it's just taken new forms. It's now in work culture, it's now in medical, it's now in all these other factors. And a lot of people have said to me that they literally had no idea and they've almost been sort of forced awake to the realities of the situation and I don't think there is any coming back from that because once you know you know so that's why I think it actually the education will help because I don't know I know I know from my circles anyway my friends definitely are shocked and so shocked that they are doing what they can in their workplaces in their families in their social groups etc so I'm quite I feel positive about that yeah, yeah. yeah like I, I think for me I think it's almost like I've had somewhat similar conversations with people and obviously some of, I suppose, my white friends have taken offence if I've asked them something or I've said something, which to me, obviously, I didn't necessarily expect the whole defensive thing. I thought there's enough stuff going around that you know don't, don't be the victim. Do you know what I mean when you're just simply asked a question? But that's happened to me and I feel like as a result, I feel like I'm losing friends because of it. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm not maybe telling them what they want to hear or I'm challenging them in areas that they don't feel comfortable in. It's then being received as I'm attacking them, which I'm not. But for me, if you can't stand in the truth as what it is, then for me, then it's just like some people aren't still aren't comfortable. You're putting on your gram, you know, hashtag and all this stuff. But then when you're actually was put in your lap, you're like, oh, wait, I don't know. I know it's happening. I think that's crazy. Like for me, I can hear people say, I don't see color. You have to see color. You cannot not see color. Like don't like that whole, oh, I don't have a razor bone in my body. Like I've heard a lot of those kind of, that kind of like formulated sentences. And people are like, what does that mean? And if you don't see it, then well, unless you're ignoring you're... the reality of our, our situation, and that <laughs> is inherently racist. Because this is the thing. Because it doesn't affect you. Right. So... In turn, when I'm getting mistreated, you sat there because you didn't see colours, so you didn't think anything was wrong was the way, the way I've been treated. Like, no, everyone has that awareness at the age that we are living in to know wrong from right. You're going to see colour, you have to see colour. It's just what it is. If you can't yeah. see colour, then there's a problem medically. But <laughs> to say it, but to say it and to kind of like let that be a justification as to why you're not racist, that's not it. Yeah, I'm legally I'm blind. Yeah, <laughs> like literally. But literally, but like, I, I, I don't think any people that I know are racist. I would never say that anyone is racist because then if they are, then that is a that's a reflection of the kind of person that I am. Then clearly, so for me, no one's racist. But the fact that you're, as you said, like kind of just sitting down and just letting it happen, that to me is at, like as being as bad as the, the said racist. Do you know what I mean? Well, so yeah. joining joining what well, it's like the joining the oppressor, isn't it? You're either against the machine or you're part of it. So yeah. if you're not fighting against it because it doesn't affect you, then you are just as bad. Like 
there's no escaping that anymore like we're learning about systemic racism and anti-racism and the whole movement is focused on that like racism is not just oh i don't see color anymore racism mm. is actually not doing anything to make the situation better for people who are down yeah and um, also understanding the microaggressions that come with racism like people need to understand that racism isn't just shouting the n-word to someone and telling them to go back to their country it's so much more insidious than that as well so really just educating yourself to that but coco i was really interested in um what questions or examples of questions that you would ask your friends that they would take offense to um i think it's like the the lack of interaction for me personally like i'm the kind of friend that like, i will give you all of me like i'm a i'm a, one of those people i give it all and i feel like I'm, a, I'm now having to realize that i don't necessarily get the same return from my friends i almost have to accept that i'm not going to get that back so rather than me kind of hoping for it and whatever this whole experience has really made me realize that shit i actually don't have it in the areas that i thought i had i had it when i was in front of them working with them but now we no longer work together it's almost like out of sight out of mind and for me that's not who i am as a person like, if you're if I'm for you, I'm for you 365, 24-7, no matter if I can see you in front of me or I can't see you. So the questions that I kind of had were just little things like, you know, I would see a bit of interaction on my stories, like they watch my stories and then they'd come off mid, mid story, like mid kind of Black Lives Matter story. And I'd be like, well, why are you coming off? Like, does it make you uncomfortable or do you feel like it doesn't really, it's not compelling to you? And shit went left, like mm. really left, like really left. So for me, I was a bit like, I'm not attacking you. I'm simply asking you a question. Did you switch off my gram because you didn't feel it was interesting enough? It wasn't gripping enough? Like, what was it that made you come off? And I didn't think the response I was going to get was going to be that of like, a, I'm offended, you've offended me, how dare? And I was a bit like, dude, that's not really, that's not really the route I, should, I felt it needed to be taken and or that wasn't the response I expected. I expected a simple shit. I'm so sorry I didn't mean to come across like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry that you felt this way, you know, just not reassurance, but just letting me know I am here for you. Do you know I mean? I might not have reached out initially, but anything you need, like, I've got you. That's the kind of what I've expected, but I haven't really had any of that. And then when I have had it, it seems like you're only really doing it because I put something on my gram that says about performative allyship. So you're doing it because you feel like you're pressured into, not because you want to. Mm -hmm. And those kind of things. So I've had to kind of like really kind of think about my friendship group and I'm now condensing it. I think it just it's just the wrong people um this whole defensive nature i just don't understand it like if if in any situation if someone's telling you like okay that's upset me that's that's i want to know more and your response to that is oh well i'm upset i'm gonna push that away and not try and understand how does that solve anything like the basis of communication you just speak about it she might she or he might have had a very valid point and you could have just said it you would have been very understanding and you would have talked it out that how you both feel and we move forward. That's how the world works rather than sort of just taking it as a personal attack and pushing someone away. It doesn't make any sense. This yeah. thing, so it's one of those ones, but I'm kind of glad that it's taken this situation as unfortunate as it is to kind of wake up and to kind of come out of this lockdown with like a whole refresh, like a refresh on mm -hmm. everything, like internally, externally. Do you mean like parameters, like everything for me is just kind of like, yeah, gone back to default settings. And I'm almost like, starting again to like navigate and i'm gonna have to learn again to have socialized like things like we took for granted before is now going to be like learning to walk outside for longer than however long like do you know what I mean like me having to go back to london is mind-boggling and i'm like i like being in the countryside <laughs> <laughs>
that's um that's what I'm a bit worried about in terms of this movement though going back when it all everyone's got their distractions back Mm. um that's that's what I'm worried about like as long as lockdown's kind of still happening and people are at home they're plugged in and they're motivated they're what they're asking the right questions they're educating themselves when we go back to work and socializing and the bars open like that's what that's what I'm worried about that time for like the the average person because right now it feels like a lot of people are coming out for us and they're actually yeah committed to it but yeah we'll see I guess in terms of that I do feel like naturally it will dwindle down but mm-hmm. as long as we still keep moving and we remember and like I said earlier keep our foot our knees on the neck <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you know, <laughs> you want to put on the neck, the elbow, yeah. whatever it is, then we can do that. <laughs> and um, remember what we're here for. And yeah. it's what you were saying about your friend as well, Coco, you, you actually reminded me that it's exposed a lot of people. And for me, allowed me to see a difference in like how one of my mixed race friends, for instance, how how he has kind of reacted to this and sees this. And I understand that that's probably, this whole situation has been really difficult for certain people who, are, who have a white parent and a black parent. I think he feels like he has to choose in a sense, even though that's really not the case. But, you know, if you feel like your, your white side is always being condemned, maybe you have to stick up for that white side. And um, that's just a, a bigger conversation that absolutely <laughs> needs to happen. So Jess, I know that you're mixed race as well. So can you elaborate on any of your experiences throughout this time? Yes, I think it's it's been a very interesting and emotional time. Um, so my dad's black, African-American, um, grew up in South Carolina, extremely racist times. Um, he gets it. He's, he's very plugged into the internet. My dad like, is very on it. Uh, ear to the ground so he understands how the movement's sort of been developing over the past sort of decade and he gets it he gets all the terminology he wants to learn more like if I say something like microaggressions he's like writing it down he's he's educating himself um love that with the other side of my family um I've, I've noticed a real I'd say denial for the fact that this is hap- still happening through want of it be- to be better and to find it so uncomfortable to the point that it's so emotionally painful is actually sidestepping over the work that needs to be done within themselves also. So this whole idea that we were saying earlier, like, I'm not racist, I'm not racist, I just want everything to be better, it makes me feel uncomfortable, so I'm not going to dive into it, actually has become a problem. And I've had a lot of really, really heated arguments, um, to be honest, where, where people are just not getting it. Um, and then I've even had the, but are you not proud of your white side debate? And I've thrown it back with the, do you not understand that I step outside in the world and everyone sees me as a black person? No, I don't walk anywhere and anyone sees me as a white person. Yeah. I don't have straight hair. I don't have blue eyes. I grew up in Surrey thinking that I was just sort of, any way to not talk about it was sort of my defense mechanism. So I didn't, I would draw attention away from it. Cause you're very aware as a child that you're different with any difference, but, in the white side of my family it's very much why well, you didn't get name called and you didn't have any attacks so you're you're fine did we not do a good job for you and it's yes you did in the time growing up in the 90s it was more about assimilating but now in these times of in the past 10-15 years the movement and what we're trying to do has progressed so much that to be stuck back in that time is actually racist I feel because you're ignoring 
what we're saying and how it is. Um, so there's been there's been some really really heated debates and really really um, a real push for some education that's beyond me because I I can't have these conversations anymore because I find it very demoralizing mm. when it comes to a family member who has black blackness in their family to not really dive in and take it as their responsibility to learn and do better. But do you think uh, it's a generational thing though? Because I feel like you know if you're you know not a minority and you're of a certain kind of age caliber, I thought feel like they're almost like they know it all or like, oh, in my day, X, Y, and Z, whereas people who are maybe a bit more close to our age will be a lot more receptive and open to the, having those conversations. I, I completely think that. Um, and that's why it's it's so confusing to be paired up with my dad as well, because obviously it's very different. My dad is black, but he is so with it and so into the whole idea that things progress and you need to educate yourself that it's, I'm finding, well, if he can do it, why can't you? Same be, yeah. People at work who are your age are able to do it and are really taking it upon themselves to educate themselves and do better, then why can't you, when you are, have such close proximity mm. to black people? Um, but it's been, it's, I'm not gonna lie and say it's been easy, it's, it's been very difficult. I've, um, I've struggled with it a lot, to be honest, these past few months, because I just find it so disappointing. I think if you, if you have black children or black cousins or black family members or black friends, the responsibility is there that you do the work and you, and you learn what it's like to be them and you make it better. You don't make it worse by being negative or def trying to defend your point of view. But I think you go back to my point about kind of people kind of taking accountability or in this mm -hmm. case, not wanting to take accountability. And again, cause it doesn't, it's not affecting them personally. It's, around them are I can kind of stay unscathed if I kind of just dodge the conversation enough or if I stop calling or if I stop texting then maybe that will avoid the elephant in the room mm. yeah Which definitely I just find it quite patronizing though it's, it's very patronizing because I feel with as a society we're, we're, we're getting so much used to and so much better at talking about issues so if it's like with homophobia we listen we listen to people well in my circles anyway we listen to people now we understand where they're coming from and we do better to support our gay and queer friends and family like we do better but for some reason people have still got this blind spot in my circles anyway when it comes to race they feel like they're not racist therefore there's nothing to learn i, ne I never felt the problems that they anticipated me having as a mixed race child in a, in a white community i didn't get called names I didn't get bullied I didn't get any of those things that they anticipated mm. but all the microaggressions and the lack of representation and wanting to bleach my hair and uh, get my hair straightened and not yeah. wanting to have these features what I don't understand why there's a, such a blind spot when it comes to that like mm. people feel like they've done their work because you're accepted but acceptance is such a broad spectrum and I feel like as a mixed race person in a white community, you're only really at the start of that acceptance. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, we're all people. If you really want to break it down, we all did, we all really started in Africa, like for real, for real. It's just wow. like race is used as a tool to be able to elevate yourselves and put other people down. And the, the quicker we unlearn that, the better, to be honest. Thank, thank you so much for sharing that as well, Jess, because, um, you know, it's an it insight that, yeah, we all need to hear, really. Mm. Um, but do you think it's time for a piece of positivity? Give me a, yeah. give me a sprinkle of positivity, please. When um, I was thinking about what positive thing I can input into this conversation, really, honestly, throughout the last, what, eight weeks or so, 
my uplifting thing that I've been indulging in has to be the TV series Insecure. <laughs> it's a shame it's finished now. This season is done now. But that really is the thing that that just gives me you together and life like every week on a Monday morning because it comes yeah. out on a Sunday. I'll watch it and I catch up and I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, it follows the life of a group of friends living in Inglewood. It's a black cast. And um, <laughs> I haven't been watching any other shows other than this because especially during this time, it's just highlighted like what's really shit and what has like really bad messages, like subliminal messages as well. I started watching Working Mums and I realized like, hold on, episode two, where's the black people? Where are black, black women not working mums? Like, what is this? Even... <laughs> They have their baby group thing. It's yeah. a group of women. Like, come on, you could at least put a black woman in there. Zero. They, they have it. It's ridiculous. It's a conscious decision. It's a conscious decision not to, because you, yeah. have, the you have the information. We've been shouting about it for time. So the fact that you're not is a conscious decision, and it's, yeah, offensive. It doesn't fit their narrative. Simple as that. What, real people? Well, no, but, mo <laughs> but most mothers can't afford to go to a baby group. You know, a lot of them are doing two yeah. jobs. And so, yeah. realistically, so typically, we're not ever going to be part of that whole daycare kind of look because it just doesn't fit in. Do you mean with I, us, allegedly? I, you know what, Coco? There are women who are very successful and they're working mums who are also black. Yeah, that man. does exist. There are black women. Like, I get what you're saying, but it's not everyday struggle. That's not, not my view, people. To make that very clear, that's not what I do. <laughs> I'm talking about that show, but really I want to talk about <laughs> this show. It's called Issa Rae. She writes it. And um, it's actually okay. based off of another series called Awkward Black Girl that she done herself. Yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. And you can still watch it now on YouTube. What about you, Jess? Have you got any kind of, anything that you've seen, like, positivity-wise floating around or... That, or even something maybe that's positive that you're, apart from insecure, that obviously that you're going to tap into when we kind of get out of lockdown. This is hard for me. I feel like I'm a really positive person and I, and I find the joy in a lot. But this this past two weeks, I've struggled a bit, to be honest. Um, I'm going to say, I think just bringing it back to some of the stuff that we've spoken about, seeing some positive change within my workplace and mm. seeing some people fight for real real change that and I haven't had to be part of the conversation anymore mm. that they're, they're doing it behind the scenes and they're getting things going off their own backs has been really really uplifting for me and almost like I can breathe but in terms of something light I think that we can see our friends again that's what I've enjoyed being usually yeah. in the park at least like just being able to see my friends in real life like not on, on through cameras it's just been it's made me feel human again i can't wait for the pubs to open i didn't realize how much i love the pub it's like i didn't realize but that is my thing apparently lockdowns taught me really love the pub <laughs> i love a pub i don't really go to many pubs but if i do go to a pub if it has an outdoor garden yeah, a beer yeah. garden it's winning That's beer garden with like that overhead heat heater Oh, yeah. man, when like everyone's a few drinks in and everyone's kind of talking to each other and oh I just love it <laughs> yeah, Jess is getting withdrawal withdrawal symptoms yeah. what about you Coco positivity this week or I suppose the week just gone would probably have to be discovering a new breadth of black creatives black individuals black owned businesses black platforms like I've just loved kind of seeing it um, and kind of I suppose like putting together a little like wish list of like places and 
people I want to connect with kind of toward the end of lockdown? Do you mean when we're finally out and about properly? Or at least I am anyway. So that's kind of the goal. And just, you know, I suppose books as well. Like I'm not that much of a reader. So I'm trying my best to kind of inject myself into that a little bit more. So yeah, I think just uh, discovering kind of, yeah, black individuals that should be shouted about and celebrated. I'm really kind of excited. And also excited to get back out there from a working standpoint. Hopefully I can start collaborating with these people. Like, do you mean if they're a super dope talent, like I want to get them on the, in their brand campaign. Like I want to be really utilizing my kind of, my reach to kind of, I suppose, give, you know, help bring different opportunities to them as well. Yeah, you're right, actually. I've discovered a lot more, um, black owned brands mm. like clothing brands litty ones we <laughs> love to show like i've really made a conscious effort now to like make my feed less whitewashed i didn't realize just like my explore page and mm. all that on instagram or even like facebook or whatever was just so from the white gaze and i, I didn't realize till this movement and I've, I've really cleared that out and kind of wanting to hear from all different types of people now um especially black people obviously and I think that, how have you done that? Like when you say like someone maybe who might be in the same boat as you, you want to kind of cope that. Yeah. Sorry, I might dig in too deep. No, no, no. Because I'm actually trying to think like how the hell can I change yeah. like, my export? Like, is it what I'm searching or who I'm searching for? Is that how it works? It's all of it. So I've muted a ton of people. I've blocked a ton of people. Like I've I've always blocked celebrities because I don't really want them to appear in my explore anyway. But I've just gone the extra step of, of blocking a lot of people just so they don't appear. Nothing personal, I just don't want to see it. Um, commenting and liking on the types of posts that you want to see. Connecting yeah. with people. I've been really, really mindful of my follower list and yeah, just things like that. And now I'm starting yeah, I'm to see changes. Through that today at some point. Algorithm really it is watching you. So whatever you connect with, whatever you even look at, like say a bit longer or you hover over, it's taking that on board. So just being mindful of that. And yeah, that block tool is a wonder. All right, so now it's time for my favorite segment of the show. It's called Cusser Crep, or as I like to say, CAC. And today, <laughs> I'm featuring these horrendous pair of trainer things that, that's behind Coco, these Valentino Heroes Tribe sneakers. Ooh, that's what they're called. What a name. Um, There's just too yeah. much going on. Too much going on. The shape is disgusting. First of all, it looks like yeah. a pair of clocks, yeah? And like, you know those <laughs> Balenciaga sock trainers? They oh, like with arenas. And, and some mad, mad colours just popped into a blender and just all blended together and this it's just the, came it's out. Cold. It does look like a child's competition. It, it doesn't like, you can make your own design. We'll bring it to life for you. Yes. Like <laughs> Neil Buchanan art attack vibes. <laughs> I think oh, designer trainers are the worst yeah. trainers, in all honesty. I think yeah. they really have some ugly, ugly styles. I don't appreciate it. To be fair, no. I'm honestly not mad at it. Like, I, the only thing I don't like about it is the sock upper, as in around the yeah. ankle. Because if, like, if you've got skinny ankles, you're not going to fill, fill the sock. It's just going to look weird. So for the <laughs> most part, if it wasn't a sock, like, ankle vibe, then I would definitely rock it. For sure. The colours, like that, that pattern orange, and then with like the green sock, I love and then a bit of that. lady pink. Yeah, mate. I'm like, listen. I'm a skittle. My yeah. little skittle vibe. So it's perfect. Yeah, you, what you wear like works. Like the, the colours coordinate and they offset yeah. each other. That just looks horrible. But if you wear like an all white fit with like a orange crossbody, that's lit. That's that is the, that, no that's what I'm saying. 
you can no. rock it. You can rock it because it's you. You're a stylist. You're quirky. Like when you said that, the white outfit, the orange crossbody, I actually see the vision. I refuse. I refuse to even visualize it. Like I'm not even letting my mind go there. Like they're horrible. It's fine. I'll do a Pinterest board just just for you. Like the outfit. <laughs> <laughs> But just because you can make a good outfit out of something doesn't mean that the piece individually is a nice piece. And so yeah. I'm singling out this piece. And it's just ugly. It's just ugly, Coco. I think you like it because it's different. But it's just ugly. So, so Jess, is this a rock or is this a drop for you? Oh, it's a rock, obviously. Have you not heard what I've just been saying? <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's a, is it a rock or a drop? It's, of course it's a drop. <laughs> hey, I'm not the one, Coco. They ain't the one. I'm sorry. All right, right, listen, 2v1, I can see, I can see how this is going to, this is this guest episode, how these are going to go from here on out. <laughs> right, so should we go on to my ones then? Yeah. Oh, right. oh Wait, shoot! It's like this is dead! Shit! This is not even, what the fuck? I was waiting. Which colour? The pink so one? Weird. They're too small for me though. They've sent a five, I'm a seven, but. That's rude. You know what? For me, I couldn't wholeheartedly decide if I all the way wanted to cuss them or if I was half in, half out. For the simple fact, um, actually, Joella, that would go with your hoodie right now, the one that Jess is uh, yeah. holding, like, tough. Yeah. But I so love fans. Fans can do no wrong in my eyes. Like, I've always loved fans. I'm a fans uh, lover. Obviously, old yeah. school and obviously the authentics I'm here for. But I think for me, it was only really, like, the colourway. I love the one you've got. The one, I think, n next to the one you've got, the black, I was like, yeah, but it's the one in the middle that I don't, yeah. that I don't favor, and that's why that like kind of like citrusy, I citrusy like thing. That. Ice cream. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not all the way there. And also as well, I didn't know what kind of quality the sole would be, the sole unit. So is it printed on? They've done it. It's like a, it's a, it's like a wrap, like a heat wrap on. Or could it oh, be? I would not know what that would look like to be honest. Is it like fabric that's going no, around? No, it's, it's, it's on the gum. Material. That, that that for me my question is the quality. That's way that's why I was potentially gonna trust it. It's it. good quality. I personally would have made that so white. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. Just just white it because you've already got the, the white in the van's the van's logo. See? That's live. That's live. I really like it, honestly, and I like that the soul's not white. I like that it's one whole thing. Yeah, I, I, and I like all the colorways, to be honest. Yeah, I think yeah. my favorite one might be that second one next to your one on Coco's picture. Oh, yeah. The one with black, black one. And, yeah. Yeah. That one is, um, I think that's my favorite one, but I actually really quite like them. I think oh. for all the reasons that you, Coco, liked those other ugly ones that I just showed, those <laughs> Valentino ones, is why I like this. Like, the colours are really nice. But that yeah. being said, I would definitely still rock a pair because I love colour and I love print. But for me, that would, the quality was what I was questioning. That's why I was side-eyeing it a bit. But if Jess has yeah. co-signed it, then Vans... Yeah. I think the quality is good. Feel free. Yeah. And you know what? I'm sorry, Jess, but I have to... Um, I have to disagree with you when you say that Vans could do no wrong because on an earlier episode of Soul Intent podcast for, for our CAC segment, I don't know if you've seen the collaboration that they've done with National Geographic. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Well, that's, you need to see that and then reevaluate it because it was so unimaginative. Some of them I quite like. The white, the blue one with like the sea, I really like that. No, that one is the best one. Yeah, oh, I didn't mind the one. The magazine. Yeah. I didn't mind that one. 
yeah no yeah, the magazine one is is, is trash like and then really. there's one with just like the national geographic logo on the side yeah, like you could do so much we were working with animals here we could do yeah. so much it's so unimaginable i'm saying just if you compared it to like what nike did with the ben and jerry's collab do you mean like they used like the little kind of the cow logo and they did a whole freaking shoe and then yeah, yeah. Mm. Just, just do print print and it just looks weak weak so yeah no i i can I, I all agree with you on that one some of them are trash, but I really like the blue one. The blue one's really nice with like the C. I think that's yeah, best. that's the best one. That's yeah. the best one. But my one then automatically then gets a a rock. The Valentinos. No, my one's behind me now. Oh. I was like, stop trying to bring those up. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm, not. I'm not trying to make it work, Coco. Yes. <laughs> Don't make such a thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I like him. Rock. I like him. What else have we got? Oh, shout outs. So shout out of the week, obviously is our second favorite segment where we get to champion other amazing creatives, individuals, platform, businesses, uh, and such. So Joella, who did, or who have, or whoever you picked for this week? Yeah, I've chosen to go with Amanda Sills. Oh. Uh, she is a comedian, actor, creator. She's got a brand. Yeah, she's also in Insecure. She plays <laughs> Tiffany, but her um, character, Tiffany in Insecure, is actually no way a reflection of who she actually is. Um, she's got a brand called Smart, Funny and Black, which encapsulates everything that black people are. Yeah. <laughs> We're smart and funny too. Blackity <laughs> black. Yeah, yeah she, she is unapologetically blackity black, and I absolutely love it she really inspires me she does so many things she speaks from the heart she's super educated so i, I always look forward to her ig story gems which is where she just drops some gems and whatever's going on in the world she's gonna tell her opinion and um and i also love that she doesn't feel that she always needs to be wearing a whole face of makeup and have her hair done because most of the time she doesn't <laughs> and i respect that so yeah to see that as well like especially like young girls growing up and all you see is people just sort of filtered and all done up like you need to see the real because half the time people do not look like that listen exactly yeah and speaking of the real she was on that show the real not anymore that's what I was just about to say. Yeah, she brought she brought greatness to that show. I really like it because a lot of the topics were quite tame and I don't feel like the, you know, respect to the other hosts, but I don't feel like they were coming with the education that Amanda was coming with. Yeah. Um, but she chose not to renew her contract because she just felt that it wasn't an appropriate platform for her to really voice the things that she really wanted to talk about in the way she wanted to talk about it and again i really respect her I for do. doing that and for being so open and honest about it and not scared about the potential backlash and being blackballed by the industry she just but, does her thing but of course when people heard about the news they assumed oh she's had a fall out with the other girls like they immediately started conjuring up this story that was just obviously trying to make it really juicy to oh she's had a problem or she's black and difficult or what no not that sis is wanting to get another bit of a bag yeah. right that's it yeah and i did watch an interview of her talking about that and she was so respectful about those other girls mm. really nice about them she said nice things about all of them and i didn't get the impression that it had to do with the other girls at all actually so i've written down two people that i know and then one person i don't know i'll go through them quickly the two people i know um very, my very good friend, Martin Awoma. He is a photographer. 
he's just finished his master's um, and I'd say he's a journalist too. Uh, he's probably the smartest person that I have ever met in my entire life to the point I thought I was quite smart but every time I see him I'm like wow I really know nothing about anything. Um, he's been doing bits in his town of Derby, he was on the radio, he spoke at their Black Lives Matter protests and he has just always been authentically great and amazing and sticking up for people who need it and yeah he's just great could not shout about him enough another person i think you might know him coco is akil yeah you know i know because yeah. it's pride month um i just wanted to shout him out as well because he's doing um everything with his his company queerbrook or the movement i don't know how to really capitalize it but with Queerbrook and I think that's amazing. He's having these conversations with people and he's just putting this positivity out in the world, which is great. It's infectious. And then it is infectious and he's just so himself as well and he's so great and he's just like working his nine five but also doing his thing on the side, which I appreciate. It. Yeah, love to see it. Um, and then someone who just popped into my head, just a UK is Diane Abbott. Oh, she gets such negative press. I just feel like any opportunity just to say some positive things. Um, so she had her anniversary recently. I believe, don't quote me, but I believe it was 30 years. Yeah, the video, the video she did when she had, went, went back and showed her time. Yeah, it was. It yeah, was, um, see all that stuff. To be honest with you, she and a lot of the a lot of the narratives that are being said now about anti-racism, she's been saying for time, and she's been literally holding her ground and just sticking up for herself and what is right for the longest time and think she gets such bad press and such bad media attention that people actually don't focus on the good work that she has done in her community for this country and consistently so we're, we're Diane Abbott. Diane Abbott. Uh, me I've chosen a platform on Instagram called Higher Black Creatives and mm. they are super super dope. Uh, I came across them earlier on this week and I just kind of gave them gave them a look over and basically what they do is their platform that gives deserving exposure to black creatives so that's from videographers stylists yes there they are gaffers set designers writers all like a huge breadth of black creators it basically just gives um brand basically no excuse not to hire us that basically what it fundamentally does it's a website said hireblackcreatives.co and from there you can go through and i said if you are a producer or a brand and you want to cast or work with certain people they have everyone there and i happen to also be on the list just to make that little added incentive but i think it's just a really dope yeah dope platform and i fully support them so give them a follow submit mm. as well if you're any of those things are listed and more and yeah they'll feature you on their website and hopefully get some oh lovely just thank keep... you so much ladies for your your That's input good. and yeah our shout outs these people are all very amazing. Jess, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode. You've been such a pleasure, such a thank great addition. Come back, come back for sure. If you're, if you're yeah. On. Hopefully, hopefully, like when all this change has fully been implemented and we're all flourishing, and then we can kind of touch yeah. back in and be like, mad old times, but look, look how yeah. we're doing now. We were skeptical that change was going to happen. Look at it now. We'll be, yeah, that'll be us. Yeah. We hope. But thank you so much. It's been really, really great talking to you both. Um, no, thank you so much for taking time out to be with us. And yeah, fun, fun, fun times ahead. 
and thank you guys for listening or watching um at home or wherever you are thank you so much for sticking with us this is the fifth episode of so intent podcast and we're definitely going to be back for some more uh jess how how can they follow you if they want to follow you yeah um i suppose instagram is the most accessible it's just jesse law quite easy jesse with a y you'll find me and all that go go follow her (laughs) <laughs> yeah go stalk her like how I did when I I'm Joella Noble J-O-E-L-A-H Noble N-O-B-L-E and Coco Mel is Coco C-O-C-O underscore Mel M-E-L-L so follow up the thing and also of course follow up the So Intent podcast Yeah. Cool people. Good one. See you next week in a bit. Bye, guys. Peace.